Even though it's the bye week, doesn't mean we still can't keep talking UCLA football. They're 6-0, top 11, top 12, whatever poll you're talking about. 6-0 overall, 3-0 in Pac-12 play. So in the meantime, let's go over a half season in review. For one, kind of going over the season so far. And then another thing, let's see how I did in my preseason projections. You guys are going to laugh. I'm an idiot. Let's get to it. Locked on UCLA. Let's hit that music. You are locked on UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach and Yox. Go to the show Twitter at Locked On Bruins. In the meantime, this is Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. It's free where we get your podcasts. It's available on Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get it. You can find it there. Or if you like watching on YouTube and commenting and being goofy with me, whatever it is, whatever it is, uh, thanks for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for all the support. Today is our kind of half season in review for UCLA. And of course, it's just most likely going to be flying marks for UCLA 6 and 0 it is what it is and then kind of keeping me in check as to why um an idiot you'll you'll see later why that makes sense in the meantime this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com/lockedoncollege Terms and conditions apply. So let's get to it. We're going to talk about the first half of UCLA season. We're going to start off with the likes of how they've done actually. They're 6-0, and 3-0 in Pac-12 play, and the Bruins have done pretty much everything perfectly. A lot of it by the book. We all thought UCLA would have a certain unbeaten start to a point, but the way they've done it in such dominant stretches, the way they've done it against who they've done it, especially in the last couple of games, and then, you know, a couple non one close non-conference win, and it sets themselves up for a spectacular, fun end of the season. Regardless of how it finishes, we're having a fun ride in the first half, and it's the Bruins in the first half of the season who, you know, they put themselves in the conversation for not just the Rose Bowl, but the college football playoff. We're not talking about any hopes for college football playoffs today, but in the moment, they are in the conversation. There is no joke about it. They're in the conversation. That's another episode we can talk about it. In the meantime, the Bruins are as ranked as high as number 11 in the AP poll, number 12 in the coaches poll, either just above or just below Oregon, who, funny enough, was, is their next opponent coming up fairly soon in Otson, in Eugene. And we'll talk more about the Oregon matchup in terms of its importance, why game day should go and be at that game. We'll talk about that a little later in this podcast. But in the meantime, let's go back and look at the season in review. I was there that heat desert fest, whatever you can call it, when UCLA played against Bowling Green. 45-17, UCLA won to beat Bowling Green. The good old Falcons, they knocked them down. Bowling Green, out of the MAC. UCLA got down 17-7, to and all of a sudden had a block punt for a touchdown. You remember they missed a couple of field goals. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who now has looked spectacular since then, 
started off by throwing a pick early after his amazing season-opening game-tying 60-yard touchdown run or something like that in the first game. But it was UCLA when we all the Bruins fans were getting mocked, nobody there, whatever it was, be it the Rose Bowl, however it may seem, UCLA with arguably their worst performance, their most lackluster of the season, coming against Bowling Green, where they won it 45-17. They still won by four scores. They didn't allow their single point in the second half, and by the time the fourth quarter was around, the Bruins had their second and third stringers in, scoring touchdowns on Bowling Green. But it's the optics of that first game, which is why even myself and probably everybody across the country had UCLA fans worried and doubting as to, okay, Bowling Green isn't exactly a top-tier opponent in a pretty week at the time, and still is for the most part, non-conference schedule in terms of names and at least in terms of records as well. UCLA put in their worst performance of the season against Bowling Green. There's no doubt about that. You can't tell me. I was there. I was looking that from the second row. They couldn't pay anybody to get in the Rose Bowl to go watch that game. And I don't think anybody would have wanted to because it's 5,000 degrees that day. And the Bruins played their worst game in front of the smallest crowd in Rose Bowl history. Well, luckily for us, UCLA fans locked on UCLA, everybody, and Bruin Nation, UCLA, that was their worst performance of the season thus far. They've improved, and while they saw a pretty terrible Bowling Green team eventually beat a Marshall team who beat Notre Dame, but also lose to an FCS team in Eastern Kentucky in seven overtimes at home, jury's still out on Bowling Green as to how mediocre or bad they are, but for the Bruins, their worst performance of the year is still a 28-point win. I think, which is interesting, was a thing a, a telling sign of things to come. That their worst game of the year, they played horribly and they still won by four scores at home and dominated the second half 21 to nothing against Bowling Green at a weird kickoff time. They had one that was one of two 11 a.m. or 11:30 a.m. kickoffs at home and then the Bruins go against Alabama State following that week one win and dominate the Hornets. It was a nice celebration. They brought the Mighty Marching Hornet Band, which, as I said, would be the most entertaining of the game. No Zach Charbonnet, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, whose numbers already look good and are in Heisman running through the first half of the season. He was pulled early against the Hornets. They let Garbers go through it and practically finish that game, and the Bruins won it 45-7. to So think what would happen, what would have happened if there was a Charbonnet if there was Dorian Thompson-Robinson playing the whole game, and they kept him out of check. Remember, you Dorian Thompson-Robinson got hit on a weird run in that Alabama State game, but the thing about that Hornet game, UCLA did what they needed to do, got so many different players, times, touches, touchdowns, whatever it may be. They got, most importantly, DTR and Zach Charbonnet some rest in Week 2 in a game where they still won handedly, and while... It's kind of a little bit interesting. Alabama State moved the ball a little bit in that first half. The Bruins, again, a, a, tell, a telltale sign of things to come. Second half dominance, outscoring the Hornets 14 to nothing. When the game was kind of close in that early second quarter, UCLA eventually turned on the gas, turned it on with Garbers leading the charge. No Zach Charbonnet, and still found a way to lead it by 24 points at the half. So with the second unit, they found ways to do things that were successful and the Bruins were able to walk away with another dominant victory that time against Alabama State the first HBCU and first non-FBS opponent the Bruins have played in their history the first time they played an FCS team then 
came the most interesting one, probably the most overlooked and misconstrued game of the season thus far, the South Alabama game. UCLA, well, I say yes, played their worst game against Bowling Green. They played a close game against South Alabama. You could argue with me in terms of maybe the Bruins made the Jaguars look better than they should have, but at the moment, with UCLA 6-0, South Alabama is 4-1. They have a big two-game stretch. They're from the Sun Belt. That was in the midst of the season where a lot of Sun Belt teams were going to knock off big Power 5 teams who were either ranked at the time or whatever it may be. UCLA escaped, as I always like to quote Josh Lewin, the Sun Belt surprise. And, well, aren't we better off for it? UCLA beat the Jaguars by a point. This was the first game and maybe the reason why I picked UCLA to lose to Utah in terms of the in-season prediction because South Alabama ran over them. Not ran over them, but they outrushed UCLA. For the most part, slightly contained the Bruins. But again, the one-point score isn't indicative of what happened. UCLA fumbled on the one-yard line. They also, on the pitch play right, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I believe to Keegan Jones, he dropped it, and there was a miscommunication there. So when you're walking into the end zone, a missed pitch, and UCLA said, oops, let's hand two turnovers and gift it to South Alabama. And again, that was an 11 a.m. start time on the West Coast. You, we got to give that a little credit, too, and probably give some credit to the Jaguars, who have one of the youngest coaches, if not the youngest, in the FBS with Kane Womack. You have a Jaguar team who's probably a little underlooked, under you know, overlooked, I should say. A lot of Power 5 transfers, a little bigger on the line than what the Bruins maybe have been ex- were expecting in that game. And in Week 3, Whatever it may be, UCLA, who is trailing through halftime, trailing after three, for the first and only time during the season, they found themselves trailing in the fourth quarter and outscored South Alabama by nine points in the fourth and ended up dominating that fourth quarter. Helped out by, yes, one of the weirdest, worst calls on a fourth down fake field goal, but whatever it is, look at how many teams over the history of these dream team categories. That's what UCLA is. This is the dream team, the dream schedule, in terms of that team that's unexpectedly unbeaten with teams that they're starting to beat in conference play and have a dream year. UCLA and those other, whatever it may be, the teams you don't expect to be unbeaten. There's always one or two in college football, whether it be throughout the regular season, through a conference championship, or at least to week 10, week 11, whatever it may be. UCLA fits that mold of the dark horse unbeaten, And now they're no longer the dark horse. The national limelight is right upon them right here and right now. So for the Bruins, they escaped South Alabama 32-31. to They escaped it. They did what they needed to do. Outrushed for the only time this season. And then the Bruins found a way to recover and then started Pac-12 play where they played the likes of Colorado. They... The Colorado game, it speaks for itself. They they dominated. Everybody expected UCLA to beat Colorado on the road, and they did. They ran all over them. Charbonnet came back. He was able to start things after missing the game, uh, and Dorian Thompson-Robinson being pulled, and they played the South Alabama game, led that to an easy field goal, and then Colorado, easy, that was an easy victory. That was guaranteed. The first road game, and another 11 a.m. kick on the Pacific Coast, West Coast, but it was the Bruins who went through and took care of business against the Buffaloes for the meantime to get the victory. Now let's we'll talk and tell you some words about LinkedIn jobs as we get things rocking and rolling. In the meantime, before we get to our where you can make fun of me, 
Just know that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Use the simple screening tools, like with the right skills and screening questions that can find the right skills and experience to find those qualified candidates who you'd like to prioritize in interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. I know I said I was going to roast myself in this podcast, and this is this part of the season. Well, let's get to it. In my preseason prediction, before the week of prediction, I had UCLA 5-1. and one. Well, here they are sitting 6-0, and oh, as I've kind of teased from the podcast as we're talking locked on UCLA. The Bruins were 4-0, oh, a scare against South Alabama, what I call the worst game of the season against Bowling Green. And rightfully so, while some may have seen through the first couple of weeks' struggles for the Bruins, it was still all right. Ideal for the you know for the national media to kind of keep UCLA cast to the side, keep all the eyes on the Trojans and their shiny new products and whatever it may be, and all the other teams who always get overhyped every year. And it was the Bruins who found themselves sucked out of the limelight until they got to play Washington at home, coming off a dominant Colorado victory. Who were four zero. The Bruins were one zero in Pac twelve play against a top 15 ranked Washington team who is now out of the top 25 after they lost shockingly to Arizona State on the road and against the nation's leader in passing yards, UCLA beat Washington. The funny part about what I had said in the preseason, you can go back, this is, you can go back to the episode, it says UCLA preseason projection. And I had UCLA going 5-0, simple as that, as we're going to start the roast. But my part was, I had said UCLA was not going to be battle-tested. Boy, was I wrong. The South Alabama game and then a Washington team that at the time, and certainly for UCLA's defensive purposes, was their biggest test all season, a good test to push them going forward with confidence going into Utah, where the Bruins only ended up winning 40-32 to against Washington. But still, I had UCLA 5-0 and said they weren't going to be battle-tested until the Utah game. I was wrong. South Alabama, that was a tight one out there, 4-1. Washington, regardless of what you think and how they're going to play the rest of this season, that was a much tougher than expected home game, even with their new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, and the new starting QB with Michael Penix Jr., who still throws the ball over the yard. You got to beat them, and you got to be who's in front of you. The Bruins proved with a very stout performance. One could argue that that Washington performance through three quarters was the best performance for UCLA this season. Through three quarters, I could argue that that UCLA game against Washington was the best performance that they had put on all season long. But then the fourth quarter happened and they were kind of, you know, they made it a little closer than it needed to be. So UCLA came through and got the victory against Washington. I said, all right, 5-0, and oh, here it goes. In the preseason prediction, this is what I said when Utah was going to come to town. I had UCLA, even Zach Candy, our guest at the time, back in that preseason projection episode, had we all had UCLA losing to Utah, and even the week of, I kind of changed my prediction in terms of how close it would be. In the preseason, this is what my idiot self said. I'm going to read it, kind of 
shortened quote, they're going to lose at home by double digits to Utah. Boy, oh boy, how stupid am I? How, how stupid did UCLA like make me look? Locked on UCLA host by simply dominating Utah 40-32 to in a game that, while it was equally close, was not as close because Utah couldn't get a stop until literally the last play of the game to save their life against the UCLA offense, who start to finish led that game in against Utah, not even like that Washington game. UCLA start to finish dominated the Utes, dominated the Utes, and I had them as double-digit home dogs in my preseason lane prediction. During the week, I then adjusted it to a three-point game, and then lo and behold, completely blowing everybody out of the water, the Bruins merged in their biggest game in the Chip Kelly era with the victory. And I know some of you guys in the comments, especially on the YouTube channel, are saying, all right, hey, well, that Oregon game is definitely the biggest one. Well, yes, but that's kind of what the joke I've been leaning to, how UCLA had to get through the Utah game to make that Oregon game be the biggest. You lose to Utah, that's a little different when you're 5-1, and 5-1, and one, and Utah's 5-1, and one, and they're still unbeaten in Pac-12 play. You beat the Utes, you knock them off, and the way they did and the way Oregon's been rolling lately after their big win makes UCLA and makes myself included look very, makes UCLA look good. And then turning to me makes me look stupid with my preseason predictions and how the Bruins going across the board. Special teams, yes, there's some shaky moments where they had to punt blocked early, clean that up, that punt fumbles early, change things up there in the punt return game. Finally saw Kaz Allen do fantastic, get some kick crucial kickoff returns against Washington, against Utah to set the tone defensively. The UCLA Bruins have looked good. Don't want to say spectacular, but good is a lot better than what they had been in recent years. And a good UCLA defense compared and held with a great UCLA offense. And for good, UCLA's defense, all right, yes, they've given up some points. They've given up 27 or more last few games. But for the Bruins, if they can continue to do this model of you know, shocking everybody, including myself, and continuing to be good and show the schedule lightens up after Oregon and the dream run is alive. But you got to take care of business against Oregon. And even if they don't, still very easy, except for that one crucial matchup in the Rose Bowl in mid to late November. So there you go. I thought you guys would love it, especially during the bye week that I, I can show you how dumb I am and see how it is. So for the Bruins, there they are, 6-0. and Their worst performance was the Bowling Green game. The three best quarters I could argue that UCLA football had played in a while was against Washington, but complete game-wise, it was against Utah because the Bruins finished the game, which they've been doing all game long, all season long, but the Utah game was one of the most complete performances outdoing, overperforming the three quarters that they did against Washington, and you could argue that their closest, toughest test, yes, by point, obviously, but... South Alabama had UCLA taken by surprise. The Bruins a little sloppy. Found a way to win that one. They won their close game, and the Bruins are better off for it, and so are we. Which leads me to my final point for this episode. Why college game day should come to Eugene. And while we love it to be in Los Angeles when UCLA and SC are playing, let's go to college game day and talk about, hey, let's get some love and some hype for UCLA in Oregon in that crucial matchup as to, you know, the ones coming up. Meantime, before we get to that, let's tell you some words about Built Bar. If you haven't tried the new Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourselves of one of life's greatest joys. Their new flavor, their new favorite is the Cookie 
dough chunk puffs. They're 100% real chocolate, covered in 100% real chocolate, chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and they're all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it is healthy for you. Run to Built.com right now. Get a box for you and the family because it's the perfect treat, and you can find a really good hiding spot for you and hoard them for yourself. Just know it's the perfect snack that you can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. If you need a snack for your workout, if you need a late-night treat, or just a quick bite to eat, Built is the perfect protein bar. They taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. The promo code is goingtobuilt.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. It's the number one five. Get 15% off your order. Once again, it's LOCKEDON15, all one word, with the number one five to get 15% off your order. Go get a Built Bar and check out those cookie dough chunk puffs today. In the meantime, to wrap up this final segment of Locked On UCLA, I kind of thought as to, all right, why should College Game Day go to Eugene? And while we, it's always more fun to host College Game Day, yeah, UCLA and USC play later this year. And quite frankly, if both teams are unbeaten, they're going to UCLA. It's simple as that. And it, if both teams are remain unbeaten, and even if one team suffers a loss, it, it should go and be ready with the Rose Bowl as everybody talks as the most iconic college football venue or whatever if they want to set it up in Westwood. I don't even know where they would set it up. In the meantime, we're going to talk why UCLA-Oregon should be the college game day game. This is an important week in the college football slate, which could, quite honestly, alter UCLA's postseason hopes as to where they slot in, whether with the college football playoff committee committees about to start releasing their rankings of their own. All we're going off of right now is the media and the coaches pull. Soon enough, the the media will no longer have an important part with the college football playoff committee releasing their rankings. And so far, while we talk about, all right, certain games, certain whatnot, in college football, this is what the, the top 25 slate looks like in this week while UCLA sits idly. Penn State at Michigan, that's number 10 at number 5. The Nittany Lions against the Wolverines, 5-0 and against 6-0. and you have Alabama, who sits without the likes of possibly Bryce Young. And in this poll, they're dropped to three. I know there's different polls having the Crimson Tide wherever. But they're playing, you know, our old friends in Tennessee and Knoxville. Both teams going in 6-0 and or 5-0. and And for the Vols, that's one of their biggest games, if not their biggest game in program history in a long time in most recent history, in a decade, two decades plus for Tennessee football. And Oklahoma State plays at TCU. Both those teams are 5-0. and So there's going to be some losses, as even USC goes to a pretty angry Utah team in Salt Lake City. So there will be some carnage in college football. There will be. I'm not going to be sitting here telling you who it is, but teams are going to lose, and those teams are sitting in front of UCLA. How much credit they get for a loss, and how stupid are we going to think about it while polling and whatnot, whatever it may be, UCLA and Oregon, because they're both not playing this week, are going to jump, possibly, as some of you have already alluded to, they're going to jump probably, hopefully, into the top 10 and make this a top 10 matchup, matchup, either a 10-11, a 9-10, whatever it may be. And these are the most important games. Oregon still has a chance. You can go check out our dear friend Spencer McLaughlin. He spent his whole day talking about how Oregon maybe have an outside shots. Do they have an outside chance at a college football playoff berth? If they can run the table after a loss to Georgia. UCLA, well, quite frankly, this could be the most important 
season in recent UCLA football history with the transition to the Big Ten, with USC trying to become all the hype once again, can UCLA, despite all the jokes, all the dark horse, and all the doubters, including myself, whatever it may be in certain aspects of this UCLA football team, this is an important game. And we'll, we'll talk about it more in depth, but I think game day, in week eight, there's nothing truly important. There, there's Syracuse-Clemson. Nobody wants to watch I mean, we I like to watch it, but for a game day, no. Texas-Oklahoma State, that Big 12 is tired and true. And Kansas State-TCU, that doesn't meet the hype of UCLA on the road and a crazy awesome environment in Eugene. UCLA-Oregon is the best game of the week in week eight of the college football season. It'll be the seventh game for both teams. The 6-0 Bruins against the 5-1 Oregon Ducks, whose only loss was to the number one team in the nation currently in Georgia, who UCLA just lost their top recruit to. But game day should go to Eugene and give the Pac-12 some love, even though UCLA is leaving it. But for the moment, give the West Coast some love and give the Bruins some love. I know everybody wants to give the Bruins love now, but no better way to do it than giving the Ducks and Bruins game day even though the game's in the middle of the day on a different network. So it'll be fun to see if UCLA and Oregon can get that respect or if they're going to save a potential UCLA game day for when they play USC down the road, down the line in November. But in the meantime, that's our kind of mid-season review of the Bruins. Just kind of, all right, this is what they went through. Biggest, best performance, worst performance. How I sounded like an idiot, even though I still had them hitting over that win-loss total of eight and a half. I had them at nine. Here they are already bowl eligible, practically going to blow through the roof and just blow everybody's expectations out of the water. Even if you had them competing for a Rose Bowl berth, here they are dominating at the midway point of the season. So I hope you enjoyed this one. Go check out Locked On Pac-12 with Spencer McLaughlin. Go make it your second listen today. He's got a great show looking all over the Pac-12. He's probably... I'm pretty sure he picked Utah. I'm not sure what he did, but he, he he's probably talking about UCLA as he rightfully should, as we all rightfully should on the football side of things. In the meantime, this has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins and get your hands in the air for an eight clap. I know we probably didn't get to it. Let's get crazy. We're going all over sorts. We're getting crazy. We didn't do it in the beginning, but we always get one of them in. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Make up for all the eight claps we may forget. You know, when you do the show every day, sometimes when you have 28 claps, you got to gotta make sure you get them in. Oops. This has been Locked On UCLA. We'll talk more Bruins football, basketball, everything UCLA coming up. Go Bruins. Let's go.